congregation, as I already mentioned in uh, our sermon, will we use our Belgian Confession, the last article, Article 37 as our guide, and I'd like to read that together, so you get your book of praise out, it is on page 516, is Article 37 of the Belgian Confession, and we'll follow that article throughout the sermon. So it is about the last judgment. Finally, we believe, according to the word of God, that when the time ordained by the Lord but unknown to all creatures has come, and the number of the elect is complete, our Lord Jesus Christ will come from heaven bodily and visibly as he ascended with great glory and majesty. He will declare himself judge of the living and the dead and set this old world afire in order to purge it. Then all people, men, women, and children who have lived from the beginning of the world to the end will appear in person before this great judge. They will be summoned with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Those who will have died before that time will arise out of the earth as their spirits are once again united with their own bodies in which they lived. Those who will then be still alive will not die as the others, but will be changed in the twinkling of an eye from, per from perishable to imperishable. Then the books will be opened, and the dead will be judged, according to what they have done in this world, whether good or evil. Indeed, all people will give account for every careless word they speak, which, which the world regards as mere jest and amusement. The secrets and hypocrisies of man will be publicly uncovered in the sight of all. And thus, for good reason, the thought of this judgment is horrible and dreadful to the wicked, wicked and evildoers, but it is a great joy and comfort to the righteous and elect. For then the full redemption will be completed, and they will receive the fruits of their labor and of the trouble they have suffered. Their innocence will be known to all, and they will see the terrible vengeance God will bring upon the wicked who persecuted, oppressed, and tormented them in this world. The wicked will be convicted by the testimony of their own consciences and will become immortal, but only to be tormented in the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. On the other hand, the faithful and elect will be crowned with glory and honor, the Son of God will acknowledge their name before God his Father and his elect angels. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And their cause, at present condemned as heretical and evil by many judges and civil authorities, will be recognized as the cause of the Son of God. As a gracious reward, the Lord will grant them to possess, possess such glory as the heart of man could never conceive. And therefore, we look forward to that great day and with great longing to enjoy to the full the promises of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, this article 37 of the Belgian Confession that we have before us this afternoon was written in the 16th century, and that was a century of great turmoil. And at the center 
of this great turmoil was the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a victim of the evil and cruel forces unleashed and stirred on by hell itself. God's people were cruelly persecuted everywhere. In England, God's people burned at a stake. In Spain and Italy, the Inquisition terrorized everyone who dared to even question the corruption of the Pope and his council. In France, the Huguenots, the French Reformed people, were murdered by hundreds of thousands. Whole families, men, women, and children were tortured to death, their bodies littering the streets in Paris and in the other large cities. In the Netherlands, more than 20,000 men, women, and children were cruelly murdered in all kinds of different ways. Their crime was that they wanted to serve their Lord and Savior in the way he had taught them in his word. And congregation, it is from these believers, from this church, that this article comes to us. For them, it was a cry to their God for help and justice. It was a warning from them to those who mistreated them. A statement of their hope for the future. And it was a motivation for them to persevere. And in all of this, it is to us a simple but biblical and accurate description of the day that our Lord Jesus Christ will return from heaven to judge the living and the dead. And also to us, this teaching of this article must be our hope and a motivation to persevere in the face of opposition. It must be our hope and our comfort as we live in a world that is becoming increasingly hostile and intolerant to the teaching and morals set forth in the scriptures. We will become increasingly aware that we, God's people, are being saved. Although we believe and we confess that, yes, all our sins are forgiven, that Christ had already saved us from our sin and from God's wrath, we also confess that our salvation is just not complete until the Lord Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead. And it's therefore that I will preach the God's word to you as it is summarized in this article under the theme, the day of the Lord is the day of our completed salvation. The day of the Lord is the day of our complete salvation. And then we will see that on the day first we'll see Christ return from heaven. And we will look at Christ sitting on the judgment seat. And then we'll look at Christ's verdict on the wicked. And then finally Christ's acknowledgement to of his people. So the day of our Savior's return, when will it be? No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That's the short and the pointed answer from our Lord Jesus Christ himself to this question. So we don't know. Next question. How will this day begin? Will it begin as every other day? And then sometimes during that day, the Lord will appear on the clouds? Or will it, the day by itself will begin with the sound of the trumpet and the Lord's coming? Well, we, 
we don't know that either. But the day before the Lord's return, we know a lot about that day. The day before the Lord's return will be a day as every other day. People will eat, people will drink, people will be happy, they will marry, and they will be given to marriage. They will go to work, they will go to school, and in the evening they will say good night and see you tomorrow, and they will go to sleep as they do on every night. Some will thank the Lord for his gifts and others will not. And for the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, it has been another day filled with the evidence that indeed Satan has been unleashed. For they have again been the target of his deceptive and destructive powers. And they too will say good night to each other and go to sleep and most likely not think that it could be really tomorrow the last day. It will be just like we read in our scripture reading, even the wise virgins shall have fallen asleep. But then the next day is suddenly the last. The very last of the elect have been added to Christ's church. And then awesome things never heard of or seen before begin to take place. Jesus will appear upon the clouds high in the heavens for the whole world to see and through the heavens from one horizon to the other will ring the mighty blast of the trumpet of God to announce the appearance of the heavenly judge. Our article says that our Lord Jesus Christ will come bodily and visibly as he ascended with great glory and majesty. Remember how he ascended, boys and girls? In the Gospel of Luke, the very last part of it, you can read that the Lord ascended, he left his church with his hand stretched out in blessing upon his church. That's how he will return. That's how you will see him if you belong to his church, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the difference will be he will now be radiating heavenly glory and majesty, just as we read in our scripture reading. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. And at once then, all those who have opposed him all those who have offended him and persecuted his people will know against whom they have rebelled. That is why the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 30, that at that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations will mourn. Yes, they will call the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Now our article continues, he said, he shall, he shall declare himself judge of the living and the dead. Living and the dead. And in our article, the living are the ones, the spiritual alive ones, and the dead are those who are spiritually dead, believers and unbelievers are meant here. 
So he shall himself declare judge of the living and the dead. And in Daniel 7, verse 9 and to 10, we have an awesome description of this. Just listen. So Daniel writes, As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool, his throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him, and thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. He will appear in great glory. His glory and majesty will be, yes, reflected in the fear of his enemies, but also in the thousands upon thousands of angels who are with him. It will be reflected in the powerful command coming forth from him that will cause the graves to open up and the dead to rise. His glory and majesty will cause the mighty in the vast oceans of the world to give out all those who for ages have been buried below its waves. His glory and majesty will be manifest also in the definite irresistibly of it all. Nowhere in the Bible you read that anyone still rebels. The judgment, Christ came, the judgment comes and it is going on. And there is no resisting. So it will happen. And so it will be. And then our article continues with the words that Christ will um, declare himself judge and he set this old world afire in order to purge it. Now from our article, it seems that this will happen before the judgment because this statement is followed with the word then. Then all people will appear in person before the great judge. But then in our article, just point back to that last day, that what will then on that last day all happen. It doesn't point out the sequence of the things. And our article speaks of that purging with fire because of what the Holy Spirit revealed in 2 Peter 3, verse 7, where we read, by the same word, the present heaven and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. So the first part of this article 37 tells us, as our first point indicates, Jesus' return of the, on the clouds. And indeed, it makes clear that this return will be glorious and majestic and awesome and will instill a terrible fear in all those who did not believe in him. But, you know, when you try to picture all this, then it is really possible that it fills your heart with fear too, especially the children. I remember myself when I was small and they were talking about the last day that I really prayed in the evening that the Lord would stay away a long time. I wasn't ready for a day like that. But you know, we really don't need to fear. 
Maar het is, Sophie soms zei het, to see the Lord Jesus in all his majesty, clothed in a garment as white as snow, the hair of his head white like wool, to see his throne flaming with fire and its wheels all ablaze and the river of fire coming forth before him, it's a fearful sight. Even the Apostle John, who know the Lord Jesus so well, he feared when he saw the Lord Jesus in the same kind of a majesty. You can read it in Revelation 1. But boys and girls, if you love the Lord, you don't need to fear for this mighty Lord Jesus, looking so majestic and awesome, is the same Jesus who loved you so much that he died for you on the cross. Do not be afraid for the day to come, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, for it will be on that day that you will know for the first time how much the Lord Jesus really loves you. Well, on the day the angels will gather all the nations before Jesus. That's what we read in the scripture reading. And on the Lord Jesus himself will do the judgment. He will separate all those people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And the sheep goes on his right and the goats on his left. will be a great day because if you belong to him he will immediately put you on his right hand and then, and, and then he will say to you not from now what have you, have you done for me no he will say what he told you in his scripture reading he, he himself told you what he will say he will say to you come you are blessed by my father Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. See, there will be a happy day. A day for everyone, great and small, who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. On the day, we, all people who are still alive, will not die. We will be changed, it says, as in the twinkling of an eye, from perishable to imperishable, all at once. All people will have a body that will never die again. And so body and soul united, they will live forever, just as those who rose from the grave. And so they will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And what happens there, we see a little bit closer now in our second point, Christ sitting on the seat of judgment. So how will that be? Well, the Lord will be sitting on his throne, surrounded by myriads of angels, and these angels will gather all these people before him. And as he said, then the Lord will divide them. As a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. That's the real judgment. We read it in a scripture reading. People will be just according what they have done in this world, whether good or evil, Indeed, all people will render account for every careless word they utter, says our article. But with all people, our article means those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because from Matthew 12, verse 36, to which this phrase in our article refers, it is clear that with all people are meant people such as the Pharisees, who spoke careless words about the Lord Jesus. 
they denied him to be the son of God and ascribed his power to the power of Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. And, and then the Lord Jesus told them that they and all those who throughout the same way will give an account of every careless word that they have spoken. He was not talking to his disciples there. He was... So it is not that believers never speak a careless word about the Lord. But that's because their careless words have been forgiven. Our Lord Jesus suffered already the punishment for them. He stood in judgment for us, so that we who believe in him have eternal life. We will not come into judgment, the Lord himself says in John 5, verse 24. Now just try to imagine this judgment. Our article says that about it that the books, the books will be opened. And in Revelation 20, verse 12, we read this. Then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And then another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead, spiritually dead, were just according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Malachi 3, verse 16, we read about a scroll of remembrance in which the things were written concerning those who did fear the Lord. There are different books here. The books of remembrance and a book of life where all the names of the believers are written in. Books. Now, does the Lord... God really need books to remember the sins of the ungodly and the good works of his people? Of course not. The Lord knows all things. He never forgets anything. He remembers each hair that falls from your head. But this is in the Bible so that we forgetful people may know that the Lord will remember everything. So what books are meant here? Well, as we have seen, there is the books of remembrance. There's the books of God's omniscience, of God knowing all things. That's one book. And there is also the books of the consciences of the people, said our article. Whatever a person has said or done or thought is stored in the conscience. We sometimes talk about our subconscious, and that's why we can dream about things that we thought we had already since long forgotten. It's still there. These books, too, will be opened. And everyone at once will know and remember all the sins they have committed. Because we read in the Bible that the unbelievers cry in fear for the mountains and the hills to cover them. Can you imagine? The secrets and the hypocrisies of man will be publicly uncovered in the sight of all. What a horrible thing will it be for evildoers. All the secret ways by which they have advanced themselves at the cost of others, all their lies, all their deceit. How many of those who now consider themselves dignitaries will have done have any dignity left? All the secret scheming, 
all the adultery, all the hate, all the gossip, all the slander, it will be there for all to see, and they will at once realize the gruesomeness and realize that they are before the judge of heaven and earth who is perfectly righteous, entirely just, and awesomely holy. That the ungodly will be accused by the cries of those whom they have oppressed, by the tears of those whom they have hurt, by the blood of those whom they have wounded, by the laws whose commandments they have trampled, by their own consciences. And together these things will cause unbelievers to shriek in desperate horror. I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. They will scream for mercy, but from him who is most merciful will only come the cindering heat of his wrath. There will be the hypocrites, people who were church members, but kept their hearts far from the Lord. And they will at once remember all the times that they just forced their own agenda on the Lord's people. All the times that the name of the truth caused division and friction in the church and grief to the Lord's people. They will remember at all times, all the times that they were on the Lord's table and trampled the Son of God underfoot and treated his blood as unholy. That's how it will be before the judgment seat of Christ for those who do not belong to him because they did not want to believe. They will be filled with horror and dread. But it will be so different for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are called in our article the righteous and the elect. For them this judgment will be of great joy and comfort. They will in the sight of everyone be proven innocent. They will receive the fruit of the labor and so the redemption will be complete. That's what we read in our article. And, and, and on the, our article continues. And they, they will see the terrible vengeance will, which God will bring upon the wicked who persecuted, oppressed, and tormented them in the world. Those who now accuse God's people to be intolerant and fanatical, those who now practice fitting in with this world as part of the Christianity, those who now point fingers and use words like fundamentalists and bigots and Bible thumpers, those who now blaspheme the Lord's name for the entertainment of others, they will all be exposed and they will receive their just judgment, as we'll see in our third point. And the third point is Christ's verdict on the wicked. That will be terrible, the verdict on the wicked. To hear it from the Lord's own mouth, depart from me, you who are cursed, go into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, or throw that wordless servant into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those are the Lord Jesus' own words, and he's speaking here of hell. How bad, how bad is hell? No one knows how bad. But the Bible tells us something about it. Hell is the place where according to Revelation 14 verse 11, the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. And according to Isaiah 66 verse 24, it will be the place 
where their worm will not die and the fire is not quenched and where they will be loathsome for all mankind. So in short, it is a place of pain, a place of shame, of an inner torment as never has been before and it will be forever. Hell will be the place where, according to the Lord Jesus again, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what the Lord Jesus taught us throughout the Gospels. Now, have you ever wept in your life? Of course you did. But I mean, really, really wept with your heart breaking so that you could not stop. And even a long time after, you still have those sobs that make your whole body convulse. Now think of it, the Lord Jesus says that in hell people will weep. But in Luke 13, the Lord Jesus actually says that hell is the place of the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. This means that in hell people will weep as no one on earth have ever wept. It is the place of the weeping. There will be tears of loneliness, forsakenness, and total poverty of agonizing pain, of heart-rending grief, of guilt, and of a conscience that never stops to accuse. There will be the place of the gnashing of teeth. Now imagine this, in Mark 19, verse 18, we read about that boy who was demon-possessed. And the father tells the Lord that his son foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. Now think that this is just a vague picture of the gnashing of teeth and the insane rage and madness of those in hell. How bad is hell? It's really bad. And hell is forever. Hell is everlasting. The poverty is everlasting. The agonizing pain is everlasting. The weeping and the gnashing of teeth is everlasting. And God's active punishing and angry presence is everlasting. You see, the ultimate horror of hell is that it is everlasting. That's so very clear from what the Bible teaches us. The smoke of the torment will go up forever and ever. Or they shall be tormented, tormented day and night forever and ever. So what must eternity in hell be like? Now, no one had described it more powerfully than the great 18th century preacher Jonathan Edwards in his famous sermon was titled The Eternity of Hell's Torments. And I want you to listen to that for a moment. Let his voice just leap over the centuries and hear him preach again. Here he goes. Consider what it is to suffer extreme torment forever and ever and to suffer it day and night from one year to another, from one age to another, and from a one thousand ages to another, and so adding age two and thousand to thousands of ages, in pain, in wailing, in lamenting, in groaning, in shrieking, in gnashing your teeth, with your souls full of dreadful grief and amazement, your bodies full of racking torture, without any possibility of getting ease, without any possibility of moving God to pity where you cries, without any possibility of hiding yourselves from him, without any possibility of diverting your thoughts from your pain. Consider how dreadful despair will be in such torment to know assuredly that you never, never shall be delivered from them, to have 
no hope. When you shall wish that you might be turned into nothing, but you shall have no hope of it. When you would rejoice if you might but have any relief after you have endured these torments for millions of ages, but you shall have no hope of it. After you have worn out the ages of the sun, the moon, and the stars, without rest day and night, without one minute of ease, you shall have no hope of ever being delivered. After you have worn a thousand more such ages, you shall have no hope. But still that there are the same groans, the same shrieks, the same doleful cries continually to be made by you, and that the smoke of your torment shall still ascend up forever and ever. Terrible. And brothers and sisters, we are living in a time that even many Christians do not take hell serious any longer. They think that they know things better than the Lord Jesus, who in the Gospels teaches about hell no less than 24 times, more than any other person in the Bible. Now, there are statistics that tell us that about 95 million people die every year. Natural death, accidents, totally 95 people all over the world die every year. You know, this means that every second, three persons enter either hell or heaven. Within the time of this church service, 13,000 men, women, and children have gone forever to the place of either everlasting joy or everlasting pain. That's happening right now. It's happening with people whom the Bible, whom the Bible calls our neighbors, people whom we are to love as we love ourselves. Everyone, everyone should take hell serious because there is only one way that one can escape it. There are no different options for escaping it. The Lord Jesus is very clear about it. In John 3, verse 36, he says, And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Hell is the verdict of Christ over the wicked and the unbelievers. And how different is it for those whom our article calls the faithful and the elect, for those who belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to the faithful Je Savior, Jesus Christ, will be so different. And we'll look at that in the last point, Christ's acknowledgement of his people. As you saw, our article referred to Revelation 20, verse 12, where we read that the books will be opened. And in the same verse, it also says, then another book was opened, which is the book of life. That's the book where the names of all God's people, all the faithful in the elect will be there. And they will be crowned with glory and honor. Our article continues. You see, for the believer, Christ's throne is not a judgment seat. For the believer to stand before Christ's throne is not judgment, but acquittal and vindication. All sins are already 
on the cross, utterly wiped out as far as the east is from the west, and all imperfections have all disappeared with those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ will be found only the righteousness of Christ on that day. They have confessed his name in the world, and now Christ confesses their name before the Father and the holy angels. Father, here I am, and the children you have given me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory that you have given me before, because you loved me before the creation of the world. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The former things will be no more. They will receive honor because they're, they're cast now condemned as heretical and evil by many judges and civil authorities will be recognized as the cause of the Son of God. Brothers and sisters, here in this world, we will be mocked. We will be labeled as people whose beliefs should be irrelevant to anything that goes on. Our fathers are persecuted for their beliefs. We are despised for them. And we don't know what the future will bring. We don't know. But we do know that our Lord will never leave us or forsake us. We do know that we, we and our children are to him as precious as the apple of his eye. We do know that his hand will guide us and that in the end our cause will be proved to be his. And therefore, his glory will be ours. And what will this glory be? Well, the Bible says, no eye has seen it, nor ear heard, neither has it come up in the heart of any man. This heaven and earth are not able to bear that glory. And therefore, the Lord has promised that he would make all things new. Behold, he says, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. What, what will this glory be? Well, there will never be darkness anywhere and at any time. And we ourselves will be filled with light. The prophet Isaiah says, the sun will be no more your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. What will this glory be? It will be peace like a river, unimaginable peace. can only describe it a little bit as we say the wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion are yielding together and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear and the young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like an ox. And the infant will play, play near the hole of a cobra, and a young child shall put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy in all my holy mountain. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as water covers the sea. What a peace. Awesome. It's our future. What will his glory be? There will be no more pain, no more disappointments nor grief. Never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. 
They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others will eat. For as the days of the tree, so will be the days of my people, my chosen ones, will long enjoy the work of their hands. And who, brothers and sisters, would not look forward to such a day with great longing to enjoy the, to the full the promises of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? Brothers and sisters, is your heart not burning, not longing yet for that day? Maybe, may it be our continual prayer, Amen, so come Lord Jesus. Pray that prayer every day, Amen. So come Lord Jesus, so that throughout your life you may hear that wonderful answer coming from you, from the throne upon the wind of the Spirit, yes, I'm coming soon. The Spirit and the bride say come, and let him who hears say come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him freely take the gift of the water of life. And what's left for us than to praise him. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him in the highest heavens. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth and the heaven. Praise him with the strings and the flute and with the class of symbols. Praise him who says, Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Amen.